0: guys welcome back to the physique factory podcast so today me and connor are going to run through a few things that are out there in the industry at the moment especially on social media um we're not really going to have a dig at anyone but we're just saying what we're observing it's not it's not what it's about it's about putting out um information and trying to understand things a little bit more rather than you hear too many sound bites don't we in the industry there's somebody Was like without really digging into yeah deeper and thinking right that that means
1: that and what it means for exercise all that sort of stuff i think that the first thing that comes to mind um and again like this all stems from like we we get our clients sending through like videos from um things online and they're like what 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 what's this guy on about is this right or is this wrong or whatever and um something i've been seeing a lot of recently is like people are talking about length and range this short range this which is actually really good because like it shows you that this kind of biomechanics stuff is getting out there and more and more people are becoming aware of this kind of stuff and rather than just you know chucking weights about people are actually starting to think about what they're doing which is awesome but at the same time like um i think the way to sum this up and someone actually put this in a post the other day i can't remember who it was i've seen it i was like bastard i've been thinking that i should have had that as my own post um but um what was it it was basically the fact that like just because something gets you into the shortened range or just because something gets you into the lengthened range doesn't mean that's where the challenge is and there's a lot more to this kind of stuff yeah just
0: because you're in that position doesn't mean it's going to work what you want to work out of it so there's there's more there's a lot of caveats to
1: it the the really simple way to explain it is like if you're doing a, a like seated bicep curve and you're at the bottom your arms fully extended then yes you're in like somewhat of a lengthened range for your bicep not fully lengthened unless your shoulders back as well but like you're somewhat a length range for a bicep but it doesn't mean it's targeting the length and range because right there there's no moment arm and that how do we explain that what, without we've just said one word so as well? What, we? it, like, yeah it's
0: breaking down these words making it easy so we've got to look at the direction or the resistance So you got to first of all think about gravity. So, gravity that's going straight down. Obviously, hopefully, everyone knows that it's not too technical. Um, so the dumbbell wants to fall. You can test this actually
1: if, if you want to test this, you can just grab the object closest to you and, yeah, drop it, it, it it and see what happens. Straight down to the ground, it's amazing,
0: <laughs> mind blowing every time. So, every time.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, so
0: if we set up to an exercise like a dumbbell curl, um, then that, that dumbbell wants to fall straight down. So, there's not really if our arms that's our body anyway, so it wants to fall straight down, there's not much of a moment. arm. but then if we set up a where the line of force or direction of force changes then that changes a few things it's like saying it's just the direction of resistance is probably the biggest thing in exercise or when we're setting up to exercise it's like you could do a row a row variation and a press variation and both look exactly the same but the direction of resistance determines what muscles working
1: exactly did you see that um, thing I put up in my story I think it was on Sunday I used a uh, nautilus bicep curl and I used the nautilus tricep yeah, extension the and they were both, yeah, they're both exactly the same the only thing that changes is well they're not exactly the same but they're both pretty similar the only thing that changes or main thing that changes is the direction of that resistance and like if you're looking at it, if you're watching the video it's like hard to tell which one's actually which really without mm. looking closely at it um, but yeah that direction is going to be pretty damn important it's like what's the difference between like you know if you've got a bar overhead like this you know, you could either be pushing it up or pulling yourself up into yeah, that- what what is the difference there is the direction of the resistance, isn't it? If the resistance moves in this this case. But um yeah, I think like moment arm, that's one as well. A lot of people talk moment arm, moment arm, moment arm. And what the fuck does moment arm mean? I mean, you look up moment arm on Google, you'll get what, the perpendicular distance or perpendicular line between a line of force and its axis of rotation. Mm-hmm that really clears it up <laughs> that's it no nothing else needs to say about that but i think the easy way to explain this is to go back to the dumbbell curl go back to your seated dumbbell curl where at the start there we've got absolutely zero moment arm. so we've got the weight that's in our hand our arms fully extended the line of force would come straight down through the weight through, through into the fore so there's no distance between that line of force and then the axis which is the shoulder in this case there's absolutely no distance they come halfway up and all of a sudden quite a lot of distance and that means that well that the the resistance essentially becomes harder because there's a thing right you're not like people are so much like thinking about moving weight we've always got to move more weight we've got to you know get more load and if you lift heavy you'll get bigger than that but the the load is only half the equation isn't it Mm. there's there's more to think about than just load alone Um, and that's when we come into things like torque as well which is again probably getting a bit confusing but at the end of the day it's what your muscles are producing so whole
0: talk is is literally what connor said then is a moment arm and then the force so you times them together and it gives out a number what we're actually lifting
1: yeah yeah so that let's go back to the dumbbell bicep curl that five kilo dumbbell at the start it's got zero moment arm because there's zero distance between the line of force and the axis which is the shoulder the line of force is going through the dumbbell obviously so it goes straight through the axis there's a zero moment arm and then halfway up we've got our forearms distance away that's when it's going to be furthest, furthest away like halfway up and that's where we're going to have a bigger moment arm so that five kilo dumbbell all of a sudden becomes five kilos times that distance between the line of force through the weight and our axis at the shoulder and then as you come right up, it kind of goes full circle again, and it will start to drop off again. But if you're anything like me, and you've got big biceps, you're not be able to get all the way up there. You're not be able to fully shorten it, and the Roman arm will drop off because your bicep gets. Well, you just
0: you just gotta have a look though and think like what joints moving. Um, and it, this goes for single joint. It gets a bit more complex when you're looking at multiple joint. Um, so it's a single joint dumbbell bicep curl. Obviously, the elbow that's moving um how far does that weight get away from the elbow from its furthest point that's where it's gonna be the hardest and it's that simple you can you start seeing these things once you've been doing it long enough you start seeing these things you feel it as well the bit- like, next time going to the gym do a dumbbell bite sorry a dumbbell curl and i'll say those are uh, actual muscle words when we're doing anything <laughs> um so anyway yeah so going to the gym do a dumbbell curl and just think where it's hardest during that range and then you can start looking at things like strength profiles resistance profiles and there's something quite interesting which i'm going to talk about later well it goes in a little bit more depth it, so we want to layer
1: this up first so yeah well that's the other side of the equation isn't it it's like you've got the resistance which in this case is the dumbbell and what happens with it and where it essentially gets more efficient and where it gets less efficient and then you've got the muscle as well on the other side of that and not just the muscle the muscles should i say Mm. everything that's fighting that resistance it's not just going to be one muscle obviously like there's no such thing as an isolation exercise you've probably heard that multiple times by now because everyone seems to be cracking on about this kind of stuff nowadays but it's it's very true and there's Mm. never going to be just one muscle working unless we botox the shit out of a lot of stuff which again i I wouldn't suggest
0: (laughs) yeah you can't isolate a muscle but you can isolate a movement
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. that's, that's like different. That. But then that's that's gonna be that's gonna be everything that produces that movement, that's... which is never gonna be. It's
0: the plane that it, it, moves through same machine. That's an isolated movement. That's an isolated plane. But when you look at yeah. the actual muscles that are working, you can't isolate a muscle. Like right? to say, right, it's just our biceps working. That's why I said before, say, that's why we don't say a bicep curl. There's too much work in what it is. Like your brachialis, a bunch of muscles. So that's why we say just an exercise like an extension or curl rather than branding a name uh,
1: with the uh, with the muscle for it. To be fair, though, names are just. Names. Oh, names are names. As as- yeah,
0: you could literally make anything up with it, couldn't you? you could exercise, tie up, that's another thing. Exercise names—the fucking ridiculous. People have got to think that when we like when the planet was made, exercise names wasn't there. They've been made up, so they've been fucking made up. Things like <coughs> Romanian deadlift—it's always these Eastern European countries. It's so hardcore. And it's mad. Who's come up with that? Romanian? To be fair, deadlift. I, mean, I bet it's not even originated from Romania. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, who knows? But um I was watching a, um one of the Tom Parvis videos this morning, actually I was recapping some of the two thousands this morning and um it was a one on actual force and directions of force and things like that. And uh, he actually says that it? he says um he says you do do a deadlift with a straight leg, it's a straight-legged deadlift. You do it with a slight bent knee, it's a Romanian deadlift. Or they call it a Romanian deadlift. And he says, you know what I call it? I call it childish. And he gets, you know what he's like, he gets raging, doesn't he? Yeah. It's, um, but yeah, <laughs> exercise, have, names. I think um, without names of exercises, it would be very, very difficult to write a training programme. Oh, very, yeah, of people, don't no, no, yeah, But
0: that's why we've got our <laughs> exercise library. <laughs> exactly,
1: so, yeah.
0: Whatever you want to call this. And then when a the client like comes into doing like, Oh, what's this exercise? What's that called? I was like, you know what? Call it what the fuck you want. Whatever you can remember when you go into the gym and whatever sounds best yeah. for you. I'm not asked; They can call
1: it whatever the fuck they want and I'm happy with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. You just go into our exercise library and it's just like no names. It's just yeah. a list of one, two, three. Four.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we know, oh, yeah. We're my, my client, twos. he's on twos today. He's on three sets of uh, 12 I, on, on two. Yeah, we, we don't really. We, we, we have things that we call things shit so we remember so exercise names are good in that sort of sense but in terms of we've literally just made them up they've not there's no like set things they're just what they are it's just a
1: bunch of positions and motions yeah it is essentially and that's it you've got to think about what's going on what's happening at the joints of what muscles are, are fighting that resistance essentially and what's happening for that client is specifically because obviously everyone's built a little bit different. Um, how did we get onto that? What were we actually talking about? We were talking about moment arms. And I think we kinda of explained moment arm. Like I don't think that's an easy thing to explain over a podcast, but I think the dumbbell bicep curl is quite an easy way to experience this. Um and what the other thing I liked as well was remember when we went to um, you know, what Paul and James ran that um that biomechanics thing, and he done the dumbbell lateral raise with a two and a half kilo dumbbell, and then he says to everyone in the crowd, it's like, connect it, um, you know. Who here thinks they can lateral raise a two and a half kilo dumbbell? And then someone obviously puts a hand up and he comes out with a two and a half kilo dumbbell on the end of this big broomstick. Now, I'm pretty sure anyone listening to this realizes how much harder that's going to be. That's an explanation of moment arm. That's a large moment arm. So the weight isn't irrelevant, but it is definitely just one part of the equation. You need to understand that it's force times mo- uh, sorry, yeah, force times moment arm that, that we're coming up against. So it's not always about sh- more it's better if you know what i mean in terms of audit it, it just depends on the situation doesn't it
0: exactly i mean the same thing can apply to if you're doing lateral raises again if you get on a cable and you're doing cable couple lateral raises it's going to be hard say we've got the same weight it's going to be harder than when the when the cuffs attached at the wrist then it would be
1: over the elbow because it's further away from your shoulder yeah yeah and then what the muscle experiences because muscle only knows one thing and that's tension essentially isn't it yeah that's it and it doesn't matter whether you're making that tension with the cuff at the end of your hand with less weight or on your elbow with more weight the muscle doesn't experience anything different the joint might yeah The muscle doesn't experience anything different. Yeah. Myself out as I've seen
0: that there. No, no you're right about like the muscle doesn't experience anything, but the joint does. So obviously, there's more. The further away is away from a joint, there's potentially there's going to be more joint force, but that's another conversation. We don't really need to go into <laughs> yeah. that. Not, um, not
1: fundamentally. So,
0: <laughs> as, as for what all this means, should we dive into like. Strength profiles resistance profiles yeah i think
1: i think you need to go to the other side of the equation because obviously we've said about moment arm and what would be happening at the dumbbell with the bicep curl but there's also you know what's happening internally because like although there's like a moment arm and outside between the weight and the joint axis there's yeah. actually moment arms and inside as well isn't there
0: yeah between a, working muscles and joints yeah so there's multiple things that make up our internal ability to produce strength and one of those is that internal moment arm how much leverage has our muscle got around that joint to pull it to where it wants to get to and then we've got a thing called length length tension, the overlap with the muscle fibres or the sarcomeres inside that actual muscle so that um, plays a big role and then you've got things like fatigue as well and the actual structure and that comes into play when we're doing like multi-joint exercises like squats, deadlifts so on
1: Yeah so like each I suppose I was going to say each muscle but again it's like joint profiles essentially isn't it it's like when you're going through that movement what where where are the muscles that are creating that bicep curl strong and where are they weak and luckily with the bicep curl we've got a nice kind of match up there don't we We have the the dumbbell that's going from light to heavy to light and then we've got a muscle or joint group that's going from weak to strong to weak and um, mm. so that's ideal really in a sense because we're we're matching we're matching our resistance profile to our strength profile and we better um Actually, what's called reference RTS at some point here before we get sued. Yeah, this is where it all comes
0: <laughs> from. So, strength profile, resistance profile that is all RTS and Tom Burvis. But to be fair, a lot of people talk about it and
1: don't reference Tom. So yeah, I don't think Tom will listen to our podcast, but you never know.
0: Yeah, I know. I think that that's the thing going around in the industry. Oh, strength profile this, resistance profile that. People don't actually know where it comes from either.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's and um, big one. Tom's big on referencing. He is. So yeah, uh,
0: but yeah, there's, there's multiple different profiles out there. Single joints have got two. So there's um, this is what you said in the bicep where it goes to, so weak, strong, mid range, and then um, weak. And then there's another one, which is from a single joint where it would be strong to weak, that would be like a lateral raise. So we're going to be strongest at the bottom.
1: And as we lift up, we're going to get weaker. Yeah. Definitely, that that's one. I think lateral raise, dumbbell, bicep curl, things like that. they're, they're actually really simple exercises to start grasping this stuff because, like, you can experience it pretty easy, and that is the way to learn this stuff. Is just to listen to something like this and then go and try and experience it in the gym. But yeah, there's a lot of people talking about these kind of things right now. Like, I don't know how much depth to it there is, if you know what I mean. But as I said at the start, it's good that people are talking about this kind of thing. It's good that like the kind of biomechanic side of things is actually getting out there because like i'd say it's pretty damn important like um, no it
0: is it feel like joint health and being more i don't know what they're using now but what's that word that we're not i'll uh, oh, be more optimal people all these old school bodybuilders don't like that do they? you do not like oh use yeah. a band is he, that optimal training I think, you know what fuck off going out yourself
1: <laughs> yeah it's definitely it's definitely not all about bands that's the thing but like from our perspective like doing bodybuilding you need to be able to bodybuild for a good amount of time in order to actually get somewhere with it like building a shit ton of muscle takes a lot of time and in order to do that you've got to be able to train consistently for a long period of time and if you're constantly getting injured and niggles and things like that well that's going to affect your training so yeah that's where this stuff becomes important then the way I think about it this is like um, the, you know there's that big single arm pull down thing that people fucking hate for some reason um, like with that if someone ever says why are you doing that to me i'm like look if this is a better option than using a wide grip pull down for my lats for what i'm trying to target then why wouldn't i use the better option it's like unless i prefer doing another one unless it comes down to a preference thing which again even at the end of the day if i want to be the best potential bodybuilder i can't be on stage next year then who gives a fuck what i prefer i'm going to do what's going to give you the best results so why waste time in the gym doing something that's less than optimal unless you are someone that is just like i don't know just trying to lose weight or something like that and it's like a health thing and you just want to enjoy your time in there in that case you, you know go do whatever you prefer the most you know as long as you're not hurting yourself just do whatever exercise you like the most but when it comes to something like bodybuilding it's like well if you're going to be in the gym training you've got so many opportunities to build muscle I'm going to use the most optimal ways of doing things. There's that word again.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, and then matching strength profiles and all that sort of stuff. I've been looking into the into. There's more than one reason the times where we don't want to match a strength profile, or potentially we might get something else out of it.
1: Um, have you looked into this yet? What Not it? really, but I kind I of do that anyway. Like, I suppose I'll do certain exercises where I target. A certain part of the range more than anything, if that makes sense. Like a lot oh, of back right. stuff. Yeah. I mean,
0: yeah. like, not even not even thinking about like strength profiles. is In fact, yeah, one of them you do actually think about like, the actual profile, it might be different. Say, so one of the reasons why we might not match a strength profile, um, with our resistance profile with our strength profile, and that would be, say, you'd like to reduce joint force because, say, we're doing like a, a dumbbell fly, not a dumbbell fly, just get cable fly, something like that. So we want that to be like lightest there and then when we were technically the weakest when it's shorter there just to like limit joint force or so someone who's got an injured shoulder or something like that that's when you potentially might not want to match it and again that's like not being efficient or whatever but that's training to your needs say so if you just reduce the yeah. joint force a joint and you're still going to get more
1: out you're going to get more out of it than not being injured are you? Yeah, that's that's for sure. I suppose when someone's got, like, injuries, it, yeah, it becomes a total different playing field, and you obviously have to strip things back and go back to doing what they can, essentially, and not fucking them up even more, which is, um, yeah, a pretty big thing, but there's a lot of people, a lot of people struggle with um, injuries and things like that, and, like, the, you know, the, the ape in you almost says, you know, like, just push through it and keep going and keep going, but it doesn't get you anywhere fast, and, like, that's something i've learned over the years it's like when you've got a nigger injury you need to find out why that's happening what it is you're doing or potentially not doing that's causing that injury because otherwise you're just going to get in this vicious circle and then it gets frustrating because you're not making the progress you want to make
0: yeah exactly it's like like you're in your car and that red button that red light comes up on your dashboard and you think being like there's something wrong there's a pain there's an issue or something like that and then your injury blows out because you've been ignoring <laughs> it so it's literally like that
1: so <laughs> yeah, really, you, need,
0: yeah. you need to pay attention to that pain, what you think it is, what you think might causing it, how long has it been going on for and so on. then you can sort of make appropriate uh, decisions or even refer it
1: out to someone. Yeah, definitely. And not, a lot of it will come from the way we train. Definitely. Oh
0: yeah, 100% most of the time, anyone in the gym. Uh, so you've gone to the gym, you've got no injuries. You've been training for a year, you've got injuries. You've been abusing your joints. You've been raping your joints.
1: <laughs> we get carried away again here. Yeah,
0: that, that's <laughs> it. So, yeah, you've been absolutely nailing your joints in the gym. Oh, I see it all the time. It's the dumbbell fly. That was what I sort of alluded to it before. You hate a dumbbell fly. Well, like, oh, I go through it. It's the way people perform it, though. The bounce yeah. at the bottom. And I was like, oh, like, actually cringing at the shoulders. And I've just got to go up, or even the dip. Oh, the dip, that's a bad one as well. The way people perform that, the amount of like, force, they bounce into the bottom in the like, full shoulder bloody extension. Like, think, oh. well,
1: a dip a It's dip really easy to go in a passive range as well, isn't it? Especially if you're yeah. doing weight. Yeah, it's just going to force you there, isn't it? yeah not a lot of people that i've worked with have got a lot of range for doing dips anyway to be honest like there's not very often i've seen someone that's got enough range to get below like 90 degree almost at the at the shoulder there but um or the elbow should i say really um but that doesn't mean that everyone now do your dips to 90 degree no more <laughs> but definitely like being aware of that stuff but uh, like it's not a bad exercise though. I, I i do them um but like, yeah, it's just one that's easy to kind of go a bit too far on. The next thing you come off, you go, oh, my shoulder's sore. Don't know why.
0: <laughs> exactly. Is that You've been doing it over time. I was like, I really don't know why my shoulder is doing this. Yeah, maybe yeah. I've got the range and then a big them, joints, too. capsules. Fuck it up. But, yeah, it's things yeah. to be aware of. Yeah.
1: Lifestyle's a big factor for a lot of that stuff as well, though. Like, a lot of people sitting, like, a, I'm now in a hunched position with, like, protracted shoulders and things like that. That's just um that's obviously going to play a role in it it's something that um, that's came up actually recently with a client of mine that used to come up a lot with me too it's like i used to work in like manual labor and there'd be a lot of like you know like moving heavy blocks or stuff like that and like wheelbarrow and stuff and things like that and you'd have a busy day of doing something like that and that kind of can catch up on you as well like if you're doing something for example if you're like doing that all day lifting slabs moving stuff like that and the next thing you go into deadlift for example you know that's a lot of like work on your lower back and a lot of people like you know maybe lifting things in a less than optimal way if you want to say it and things like that and that that will eventually catch up on you too so it's a bit of consideration to what you've been doing as well because alternatively if i've been sitting at my desk all day if i've been doing hunched like over. yeah yeah that's what I,
0: I, that, that literally what happened with a client so he, he's got an office job and he's hunched over all day so his inflection and in his discs are really compressed so when everyone, yeah. anyone bulges a disc um they're like fibrous and the inside of them's like gooey so one side's compressed and the other side's like bulging out that's why you can like get like bullish discs so if you're in that flex position with your spine you can press in one side of that disc popping out the other side it's not going to happen like straight away as soon as you flex your spine that won't happen um but over time or if you get in any positions where you flex rotated and laterally flexed then that that's my cause an issue um it's it's the forces that we're exposed to over time unless it's abrupt
1: straight away so it it depends totally depends yeah. on the person as well but, but even if you've been in a seated position all day for example right sitting at a desk working at a computer or something and then you go to do a deadlift and you're going from you know being in that hip flex position at the bottom into hip extension like you've been in a hip flex position for so long that your body's gonna be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like yeah, loading me up it. and putting me into hip extension. So like something that works for me in this, um, is literally just going and warming up like my glutes, going into a bit of hip extension, doing like doing a fucking kickback or a hip thrust, which is like, you know, it seems the not hardcore thing to do before you deadlift. But actually doing that stops me from getting any lower back pain and there has been days when i have been sitting at my desk i've went and done some deadlifts or rdls or something and i have got lower back pain and ever since i've started doing that contracting my glutes getting into hip extension absolutely fine so that's, that's even
0: even the other side of the joint what i found molt, a lot how lot is like contracting hip flexors like source fan get them contracting like load them literally load them um concentrically and it's just muscle contraction is <laughs> going to help on each side of that joint. So your glutes, hip flexors, get them
1: fired up, and then yeah, because when you think about it when you're sitting, your hip flexors are going to be shortened. So like your shoulders and that, they're going to be pretty shortened, and then your glutes are going to be pretty lengthened. And again, if you're taking if they're used to be in that position, um, like it's like um, like I think Tom Purvis uses the cat, doesn't he? he? says when the cat's lying down, and it gets up and it starts to stretch, it starts to prepare itself for what it's going to do. So essentially, we should think along those lines. And it's it's a stupid way of preparing, uh, of saying it, sorry, but it, like, keeps it in my head, actually. I'm, every time I'm thinking about something like that, I'm, like, think of the cat. Think of the cat. What would the cat do? Well, I think what you could do is literally take each joint that you're going to use
0: that session to its full range or full active range, contract it in that position, and
1: then do it for a couple of reps. It can make a difference, though. Eh? Like, um, I don't know if we've ever even talked about that on this podcast, but, like, um, a and a nice real life example would be I had a client in the other week, one of my online clients came in for a session and he had some deadlifts in his program. So this is the first time I've seen him deadlift. And I could see his left foot, the ankle was like falling in, like his arch was collapsing like really badly. And that was just doing a deadlift. And you don't get into well, he even getting into a massive amount of torso flexion there. It's like, what the hell's wrong here? So literally I I didn't have anything to actually actively contract his I could have done it with like manual resistance but anyway i wasn't doing that in the middle of a busy gym um so i took him over onto the calf raise and just standing calf raise got him do some standing calf raises took him through a few of them got his calves contracting but also got him thinking about contracting the stuff in the front the way down um and voila when we went onto the deadlifts he had so much more range it wasn't perfect by any means but he could definitely access a lot more range and that's exactly what you're saying it's just taking the joints to those kind of end ranges and contracting the stuff around it
0: yeah, I had the same experience with someone who attended the seminar the other week. When uh, she was squatting, there was one side her ankle. It wasn't really causing her issues, but she was she was having trouble like trouble with, like growing her quads. So he looked at her feet and was like, mm, "One side's more restricted than the other." Trying to work out what it was, performed a CSI. That's basically like a low level isometric. Got things contracted and then it freed up a lot more range at that joint to get into
1: at the bottom of a squat yeah that's it like just simply doing stuff like that can make such a difference another um, another good example of this is like my external rotation on this shoulder is quite terrible I'm sitting a bit more internally rotated in that shoulder so um when I test that if I'm lying back in the floor I can like my right arm and I, I've got my sort of got my like arms at 90 degrees so my elbows are level my shoulder and arms are at 90 degrees. so when I lay back my right arm my, my right knuckles touch the floor my well, left knuckles don't, they're floating off the floor, right? So same thing, low-level isometric, basically just get someone to put their hand up against the back of my palm and I, I contract that way, um, you know, into external rotation. And then after that, I can, like, hit the floor with that, right? So to give a practical example, if I ever barbell squat, which I don't do a lot of at the minute, but, like, whenever I do it, that usually gives me, like, bicep tendinitis. But when I contract that and once I allow myself a bit more range there by doing that, no issues whatsoever so yeah that'd be a perfect
0: like that, that that would be like the perfect
1: situation to do something like that yeah no it, it works to be fair but um i just can't recover from the de- heavy deadlifts and heavy squats in one week so i, I pick deadlifts every time yeah
0: yeah, yeah i'm gonna say your back while well, your ex is gonna be fucked from that um but with that saying like getting more range do we need to get more range on some things potentially yeah from the situation that you said then that scenario yeah. But when we a joint the stability of the joint reduces which is something to think about. So if we're doing like an overhead press or something like that, especially with our shoulders probably the least stable joint in our body. Um, if we if we're restricted on one side and we start doing like these CSIs and contractions and we get more range so we're in a new range now. But we're gonna be less stable in that range and we've not spent a lot of time in that range so what I'd say is once we get into that range we want to strengthen it so getting yeah. those ranges in the gym start up with these size and then start strengthening the new range that we've got just because if we get into that range we're not going to be stable we just want to make sure that
1: everything's contracting around that joint and doing it, its job and strengthening everything up the interesting thing about shoulder stuff as well is like obviously the rib cage and this like shoulder blades are going to make a big difference because like or even even the spine actually when you think thoracic spine rib cage and then scapula so like basically you've got your, your shoulder blade your scapula the foundation for that's a rib cage the foundation for that's a thoracic spine and then the position of that thoracic spine and therefore the position of that rib cage is going to impact the position of your scapulas. and like the range you're getting at your shoulder it your neutral might actually be like you know flexion for you might actually just be holding your arm a tiny bit forward if you know what i mean um depending on where your neutral is so like the position you're trying yeah, to get into might be quite a extreme range if that makes sense because of where your shoulder blade is I don't know if I've explained that very well no yeah but- you
0: might It's the, so it's literally the position of your shoulder blade that sits on your rib cage your shoulder might already be in flexion by just standing up with your hands by the side so that yeah. rib cage the position of the rib cage changes the position of your scapula your shoulder blades the way they sit in it and then the position that oh let's try this guy so, this guy. Yeah, if you're watching this, so obviously. If you're listening, you won't. <laughs> yeah, so I've just got a dead guy in my office. He's not really he's just <laughs> so, uh, so, he's got his rib cage there. He's got a scapula that sits on top of it. And then you've got this humerus that sits into uh, the scapula. So, that is the scapula is literally. Uh the foundation for that is the rib cage and then the foundation for the rib cage is the spine. So all these have a knock on effects on each other. And then the way the position that this the humerus it sits in uh the cavity there. and um, if that's like protracted or like, elevated, then this can be an in inflection in any position. So his is literally just sat in,
1: it's pretty much straight, isn't he? Neutral. I, it, I can't actually there. see the shoulder blade. Turn it to the side a bit more. You got it there? Yeah, but the skeleton. I mean, is that cool? Yeah. So you can imagine so if you're watching this, you know, if um, if you're slightly more hunched over, for example, where that shoulder blade would be, and then where the arm is now. So if if you're slightly more hunched over, and the he shoulder be inflection yeah shoulder would be inflection wouldn't it so it's all, all going to impact this stuff but um i don't know if we've went a bit deep for a podcast because yeah that, that was a little bit deep <laughs> stuff we like, won't stay on that for too long stuff like that might get a little bit confusing to actually understand like i mean even even for us like it's all um not confusing but it certainly takes a bit of thinking about anyway when you're in the gym um mm. but that's to me that's what makes this shit interesting this is a shit I love when you're diving into it and like client says you know such and such has um, caused me grief and it's like alright cool let's write out all the list of the
0: potential reasons right yeah it's fun I don't understand how people who don't find this fun Well, like, it's our job isn't it we need to make the most fun out of it that's why we do it that's why we do it we so, do
1: you know, personal training like one on one PT would be so fucking boring if it was just a case of constantly taking someone for a workout and not thinking about anything else, wouldn't it? Oh, don't,
0: people do it all the time, the same workout with a fucking different client every hour. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, they should not be doing walking lunges, what you did with a previous client. I was like, no way. They're about
1: 40 stone heavier.
0: Yeah,
1: that's it. Like, I'm all for having, like, I've, I've definitely got like kind of templates that are run off, but like, they do get very much personalized, depending on the person. Oh, yeah. Then, yeah. It depends like, what, what you've got available in the gym as well, doesn't yeah. it? When um when I when I start with a client, I want one client, the well, even an online client too, actually, the workout we do at the start will be very different to the workout we do at the end of that program because it's like you'll be figuring out stuff like every session that they're end, especially if they're a new client. Like the first twelve weeks you might follow the same program, but like I'll notice because I never actually go on and physically change my one-to-one client programs. I just know that, okay, we're not actually doing, we're not actually doing the goblet squat here. We're doing the leg press for this person. And you look at it and you're like, I've changed this a lot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's a good point in
0: when you start with a new client is you got to think is where they start and what's their skill like at performing things. So if I get like an athlete who comes into me, who's like been playing football for his life or some sort of sport, their motor skills are going to be a lot easier. It's going to be a lot easier to coach and more technical movement, Say, I, like a, a Bulgarian split squat or an RDL, they're both like complicated movements, but um, they're going to like take it straight away. They're going to like get the grasp of it. But if we get a general population client who's not played sport before in their life, they like being on the computer, they're sitting down all day, all that sort of stuff, then it's going to be a pain in the ass. And potentially you wouldn't program an RDL unless it's their goal to do an RDL and just get the skill. But you, you, you start off with.
1: Yeah, even then you wouldn't start off with it, would you? Because like,
0: yeah, you start know. with a hinge movement. It, but yeah, it depends what they're like or where they're at or anything like that. So there's loads of things. Um,
1: so you start off with something, something really, really simple, and then build it up to that. Yeah, because like, nothing makes your client feel worse than saying, "Right, we're going to do some RDLs," and then they can't actually do the movement. And
0: there's literally there's no point in doing it. at all. it's just I've, grasping that skill and that awareness of the body.
1: I've done it before, though. Like that's how I realized not to do it was by doing it Same. i was like yeah there's definitely Same. people that can't do this straight away like it's it's quite difficult because you're like moving some joints but well you're moving yeah you're moving some joints but you're not moving others so like it's tough having that level of control of your body when you're only just in the gym for the first time but yeah you soon realize yeah. when you start doing this that it's like ah oh, fuck i can't just start everyone yeah the
0: it's it's really coordinated as well i mean like we didn't just like start PT and getting everything right we're still getting things yeah. wrong now it's just a journey of like exploring shit how we can what are we doing the best for clients and just thinking right what am I missing what's next all that mm-hmm. sort of thing so we we pick up the stuff as we go along and obviously we've improved a lot since our very the moment, first session with the client you know you this stuff as well eh?
1: like you're, you're prepared for it the next time like you get a client with knee pain, pain and you've already had someone else with knee pain so you've you've researched it a lot and you've you know experimented with it a lot and you kind of get to know but then every case is going to be different as well isn't it that's it. That yeah. the other thing with that as well is like it's important to remember that like we're not there to fix it as well. Like we're just there to get the most out of it. I suppose we can and respect what what we'll, is given us.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll do shit and see what happens. That's what <laughs> that's what I basically do. I was like, I'm just going to do some shit. See, I'm going to see what happens. The and fatigue, the, physique the, factory,
1: just, away, do shit and see what happens.
0: Yeah, there's no like you can't expect things. I was like, right, I want this to happen. And then right, okay, it didn't, then what do you do? Then you fucked. You just gotta think, right, all right, let's try something else. Again, go back to that list of
1: potential reasons and just explore yeah. those. Yeah. Speaking of nothing to do with this at all, what do you think of the Olympia? Oh yeah, fucking hell. Um should've started
0: with the easy so, chat, the soft chat, rather than yeah, straight into it. Definitely. So yeah, if if anyway, guys, if you made it this far, um <laughs> this is yeah, so, we I, think of I, Olympia. I, Opinion is some people's condition was way off like I think it's off.
1: hard to say like, I actually know a lot of people are yeah. about that but it's like it's hard to say unless you're there with bodybuilding shows you can't really yeah it's to be
0: it fair the, the lighting and everything like that but, but they, to me they, they looked a bit off Sebum looked good obviously as always
1: yeah he's there's
0: no, no no beating there's no beating him literally he can show up every year that. I had
1: up for the open men's bodybuilding I had them I had the right order apart from Rami. I had Rami first and oh um, no way. no i i didn't have him as soon as i saw him pre-judging and i was like no way He's see, not, i, thought he, not looked, I thought he looked as good as he usually did at prejudging, but i didn't have him first because i thought he looked the best or because i i like him or anything i just thought they'd give him it if you know what i mean like i thought because yeah. he was the biggest guy fullest guy and his back was shit but his back's always shit so i didn't really yeah. think it was much different from the usual but um i'll tell you who really i'd really like um was pleased with was uh, Derek Brunsford. looked awesome.
0: Yeah, no, he's um,
1: he's yeah, he's decent. He's got a good physique, hasn't he's he? He's got a good shape, but he's also like wide as fuck. I reckon
0: if he was a bit leaner, he would have potentially run won it.
1: Yeah, had his good too. No, to be fair. fair, like had his condition, yeah, good. But, um, the, I never the, thought. The, I probably... like not
0: size anymore, are they like the mass monsters like rammy Um, because there's
1: no shape, it's just a big cunt, yeah. But I suppose that's what open bodybuilding is now because like classic is a thing, so it's that's like a shape, yeah. yeah. But in um, the classic guys, are the guys you'd rather look like, but I, I still prefer to watch the open. I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah, I'm surprised they gave it to Hadi just because he's from Iran and America from yeah. it's Iran. <laughs> so I thought yeah. found- that was never happening, <laughs> yeah. But he's more than reason, he was the best. Yeah, and then when you looked at like I, I prefer some of the guys in the second call-out as well, to be honest, like, um, what you call them, Hunter Labrada and like, Andrew Jack, some of the guys, and, but then Ian Valier, he wasn't even in the second color, was he? That was surprising. Yeah, yeah, it was mad. I've still Madness. never seen a picture of him, actually. I don't even know what he looked Honestly.
0: like. Yeah, no, I, I'm not seeing it either. And then you got the, the bogeyman, um, okay. Wobadoo, Blessing Wobadoo.
1: Yeah, where did he come?
0: He I, I didn't even do the, the night show. I didn't make it through your indrogen
1: Oh, did he not? No. I don't think so, no. No, fucking hell. But um he talked a lot of shit him before it. Oh yeah in the press conference. Yeah, it's quite hilarious. funny to be fair though, like a lot of people don't like him, but I think he's quite funny. Yeah, he's class.
0: He's, he's... class. Anyway, yeah. anyway, another topic that brings up onto World Cup final. How much is a shit house is Emiliano Martinez? <laughs> <like>? <laughs> I, I love him. I want him at United. I fucking love him, he's awesome.
1: He plays for Aston Villa, does he you not? Know? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. 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 He, he was just everyone
1: who took a penalty a kick, he was just going up to him, giving him shit yeah. booting the ball away and everything. I, I... Fucking quality. I don't think he's actually had much of a um, career club wise, has he?
0: No, not really. He was at Arsenal, didn't really play much, and then he's gone to he was somewhere else. He was on loan a couple of times, and so now I was at Villa. But he's, uh, yeah, he's a he's he's a good keeper. I mean, he's, his good distribution was all... Yeah, he's um, but yeah, it was a back, best final
1: ever. Yeah, yeah, it was certainly a good one because I I came in and it was two nil to Argentina at that time. I was pretty happy. I wanted to see Messi lift it, and then I, I came yeah. through and um, to the kitchen and I started like making some potatoes. And I came back through and it was two two. I was like, oh, so that was me stopped giving Sophie a hand with dinner. I just like sat there and watched football there <laughs> on in. But um, it's fucking interesting. Like it was good, but um I'm not gonna lie. I was a wee bit gutted when Argentina scored and then um. France scored again. I was like, "Fuck it.
0: again!" And I was like, "Fucking hell. So I was open. Argentina won well, it just because of Messi. Yeah, I think a lot
1: of people were the same, weren't they? You were sitting there with yeah. Messi top on. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've, uh, yeah, I've Ronaldo now after everything that happened
1: for United. <laughs> Is he signed for that Saudi team yet? I have no idea. I don't. Really, no one really cares about him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, he'll probably get some tiny wages. To be fair. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, but speaking of bodybuilding earlier we're both competing next year aren't we we are i'm um
0: i start prep on january
1: 2nd i don't fucking and know then what I've got- prep. <laughs> i don't know what's a- see. Uh, you're competing later in the year though aren't you i think so but like i don't know how it's going to land up because i've just got a few things on next year i've got obviously rts and that's that's not really going to impact it I- i'm quite confident i could go away and you know pretty much stay where i need to be um for those couple of weekends i don't think that'll be too much hassle um we booked a holiday the other day that fucking mystery oh, nice. um did you see that
0: yeah i saw it on your story yeah
1: when do you find out where you're going 9th of january but i think it'll just be like a couple of days or something because it's only 99 quid each i think it'll just be like a wee city break thing so oh cool. fuck knows when that is um but again... You're going to get somewhere like Skegness, aren't you? <laughs> no, no, <I> don't <laughs> worry. I looked at the list of potential places. They're all in Europe, at least, so... To legs an Edinburgh, son. <laughs> um, yeah, i I've, like, I've been on holiday quite a few times in Prep, to be honest, so it's not really, I'm not really concerned about that either. Um, the only thing is, I am meant to be going to Stagdo next year. That concerns me slightly. <laughs> what day? When's that? Well, they're talking about early June, which is why I was on about Doing the later show, but they've never actually booked it yet, so fuck knows. But I can do with them booking it, so I can actually make up my mind. But I'm I'm keen to go now. Like I'm only like seventy three kilos at the minute. And, like my stage weight was like sixty seven or sixty eight or something. So oh really right yeah I'm a little boy I'm lightweight, natty lightweight. Please <laughs> should start uh, start prepping January, do something May. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that's potentially an option. But I well I do the BMBF, so they've never got any shows in May. The first ones usually June. Oh really, yeah, right, And I'm not competing against Geary guys because I'll look tiny. Look <laughs> small enough in the natty shows. What shows are you planning to do first? Um, I was
0: going to do two bros, one fifty-fifty. I'm, I'm going to, I'm definitely do two bros, twenty twenty-four. Um, I think you'll because... be banned
1: from two bros just because of Nick and all the abuse. Oh, yeah, probably.
0: If I've got any association with Nick Broomer then yeah, you're going to get banned from fe- a couple of federations <laughs> and gyms. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um yeah so potentially yeah i am mean, it's definitely pca fitx um nfm there's one up in scotland which going to do in au um that's like mid-april and then i've got the cancun
1: classic i yeah, had the cancun classic of course i've got you you'll need to take a trip up here as well james
0: oh yeah definitely i know i mean like there's i don't know where they're doing the scottish one um
1: nfm but i'll definitely like
0: i'll be up in scotland next year
1: yeah are you doing that show like yeah 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 that's it it's mid-april yeah it's not a good time to get you a week before a show though to be fair although the, yeah the time after it may actually be a better time to actually get you but what if i yeah. I've, I've been down to you three times now, so you're doing me a truck i know i know i'll be up next that's it i'll be definitely up next so. I, I don't mean to put you off but the train journey was fucking shape. yeah but it was <laughs> yeah i thought i was going to sit there and get loads of work done that but it turns out like you ended up with someone sat right next to you, hardly any space. And if you got the laptop out, you felt like a proper wanker because you've taken up the whole space. Plus the Wi-Fi was shaking. Oh yeah. So yeah, well,
0: yeah, that's what I did anyway. Hotspot hot on my phone and was literally I had my arm in their lap.
1: <laughs> Some girls sitting next to you. her yeah. Arm in her lap. Yeah, fuck me. That... <laughs> the the girls that sat next to you yeah. put it this way, you wouldn't want to put your arm in their lap. <laughs> oh god, fucking <I> hell. <laughs> I didn't get I didn't get much luck that way on the way there or the way back.
0: Brilliant. At least this is at the
1: end of the podcast. Hopefully, no one will hear this bit.
0: Yeah, this is it. Oh, yeah. So, let's, uh, we'll wrap it up there. Hopefully, the girl on the train. Hopefully, you're watching this. <laughs> listening. <laughs> Brilliant. I, I, I won't even say anything because the last time I said something, I offended the half of Whitworth. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Remember you said that thing about PTs being fat?
0: <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: so i'm not going to say anything you
1: know <laughs> it it. right well i think we'll call yeah. it a day of that before james does say anything to upset people before we go though yeah, the plug. there's got to be the plug our brand new program look like you left head over to yeah, either man. of our instagrams download an information pack because if you don't look like you left we'll make you look like you left
0: that's it we should
1: really plug that at the start you know before yeah we start no anyway. one's going to listen this far in now until we turn like exactly in, well, until we turn into if podcast. you've got you listen to his podcast, you know, bodybuilding the bollocks or whatever he calls it, or real bodybuilding. I haven't got I've literally ain't not got the time anymore. No. Well, um, he's got ads like halfway through them, like you're just listening to it, and a random fucking ad comes on. Shame, <laughs> <laughs> mad
0: right. Let's wrap it up there. See you later, guys. Nice one for listening.
1: Oh, I just mean to stop it. <laughs>